Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Christopher Prunty. Gentlemen, so glad to have you on today because on today's episode, we are finishing our patron-backed series that is all about Raiden. The, not, no, not the mispronounced God of Thunder from Mortal Kombat, but no, no, not a misspelled Raidon Pokemon. No, Raiden is a massive online slice of 1990s nostalgia that is all about broad role-playing sweeps and Goku's in there somehow. You should li- really listen to the last episode. We explain it a lot better. But on today's episode, we're going to be exploring that. But before we get into that, I just wanted to remind everyone that if you wanted to have us build your world, you can always email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com or send us a tweet over at Let's World Build on Twitter. Alternatively, if you wanted to workshop your idea or just become part of our community in general, you can always join us on our Discord or if you're feeling really generous, like really, really generous, you can always go ahead and give us money on Patreon. All of that information is going to be in the description below. So if you're interested, give it a check. Gentlemen, last we left off, we actually had a big old twist where we had an unreliable narrator slash main character. How are we going to reconcile our massive slice of non-canonical slash canonical, uh, you know, multiverse world? Work with that. <laughs> I mean, I really like that twist because it's to me it suggests that like the nostalgia that we think is good, like people in charge of um, recruiting people, the whole Disneyland center. There's, they're probably not good, and their perspective is is inverted somehow. You know, I, I really like that idea because I did I did say a phrase that kind of caught my ear, which was a cage of nostalgia, which yeah. I kind of want to explore a little bit more here. I think, like I, I'm into that as a concept because, like, we I mean, I have this this argument oftentimes with my friend um, Jenna, who I grew up with, who's like. She looks Hold back. On, on is this stuff. is this Legend of Zelda, Jenna? Yes, so Legend of Zelda. Jenna, like, Jenna looks- second shout out on the podcast. What's up, Jenna? <laughs> hey, I'll meet you someday. She never listens to our podcast, which makes me very sad. But Jenna, uh, yeah, shout well, two shout outs rescinded. Fuck you, Jenna. Let's <laughs> do our podcast first. <laughs> but we we often have this, this this argument. Well, not argument, but it's like she'll say something that she's like remembers the old days and how there was the nostalgia was great. And then I, I remind her, I'm like, yeah, and we were also really poor and we were nerds and everybody hated us and it sucked. <laughs> so it was only great because that's all we had back then. I yes. think is what a lot of people don't realize, you know. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like even the nostalgic stuff that I remember, like some of it does age really well and is a classic and is really great for a reason. And then I look back on some of the like, I I feel like more than half of all 90s comedies are like weirdly anti-gay, like super transphobic and just like, what? Ooh, none of those hit at all. You know, it's like or it's like one of those things where it's like. The punchline is they're fat or they're gay or they're mm-hmm. trans. That's the punchline. Or they're it's like dark side and trans. nostalgia. Yeah, like ex- exactly. That is that is the dark side of nostalgia. And is that where we're going when we want to kind of 
look at this, uh, you know, unreliable narrator? Or is, is that so. like, is that the underworld slash undercity that Seth hinted at last time, but we never actually talked about? I think so. Oh, oh my God. That's actually really fucking horrifying hmm. to like weaponize the, the reality of the bad parts of that timeline. That's actually really interesting. How do we want to work with that? Um, does anyone, maybe there's, maybe someone could use a role into faction that might be related. Like, I don't know. Um, Cause it, it seems like the question is who is this unreliable narrator, right? Or what is it? In my faction originally I had viewed as being quite noble, but really the only thing that I cared about was it was its founding. So I can switch it to something dark and nefarious. Yeah. Let's go ahead and pervert your idea. All right, cool. Sweet. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing that. Let me let, make one dad noise. And <laughs> originally, I was going to have this be uh, the founder of one of the one of the cities, if not the city. But now I'm thinking that uh, it can be the underboss of the person who never wants to leave the city. And the person who never wants to leave the city is effectively that peasant that I brought up. <laughs> Yep, uh, Scythe Peasant. Scythe Peasant. <laughs> uh, and he realizes if he were to ever leave the city, he would, and be put on equal footing with people, he would just fucking explode. You, you mean not be put on equal footing with people? Because uh, he, true, true. He, he, needs, so, he needs this place. This is his place of power. And I like to think that after like killing some of the first people who showed up and did not realize that they didn't have their power. He actually got some of their equipment and stuff and is mm-hmm. now kind of like the underboss warlord. Uh, is he like the revenge nerd? Like where he comes from, he was the lowest, the low, the nerdiest and the nerdiest. And here he's powerful and he doesn't want to lose that. Uh, kind of. He's not like the revenge nerd as much as he was literally a medieval peasant that was put in in the middle of nowhere and just freaked out when he saw some of this stuff and was just like, I'm going to hit it with my stick. Okay. I I actually think I see what Daniel's talking about though, because it's like, you're, you're taking the exteriorize, you're you're interiorizing his conflict essentially. Right. By being like, okay, this is a nerd and all he cared about was his fantasy shit. And that, well, actually, you know what? Disregard all of that. I'm making a bad point. Chris, continue on. I apologize. <laughs> Woo! Uh, <laughs> I want to know where that was going. What the hell? <laughs> we will never nope. know. Self-editing in real time. Uh, but yeah, I pictured him as gaining followers and just becoming this criminal underlord that also doesn't want to be known because part of what protects him is the mythology of what he's already done. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he he's kind of weak. He's frail. He In his world, he'd be fucking Yamcha or something. But here, he is seen as a powerful individual. Uh, and he understands that the mythology that's protecting him is like tissue thin. And so he just hires people who are stronger than him, both in this world and outside of it to kind of be his movers and shakers. So, so one thing I I do enjoy about that, right. Is this idea that when you, when, when you have these limiters, right, these power limiters and stuff like that, 
it doesn't take into account how fucking clever you are with your powers, mm. which there's, there's actually a great video essay by plague of gripes that breaks down why power levels make no sense and are stupid. I think actually that's the title of the video as well. But the idea is that, you know, like to be able to measure your power in such a weird, like numbered way, it doesn't take into account like, oh, well, I have to get smarter. I have to outwit my opponent. It's I can just grow number big and, you know, like just beat them to death with the big number, you know, whereas I think part of the reason why I appreciate you know something like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure as much as I do is because it is a matter of, you know, like the most powerful person isn't always going to win. It's like, how can I trick them? How can I outplan them? How can I outplay them in a lot of ways? And that's essentially what you're getting here with Scythe Peasant, right? Like he's built, like he's not physically the most powerful. He's not mm-hmm. half devil, half angle. He is in fact, just a regular ass peasant with a scythe who's built up this kind of mystique around himself and like uh, plays the political game pretty well. Yeah. And he, he has just kind of been able to move to this point due to the fact that he's from day one, he was terrified and wanted to survive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, so how can you, Sorry, Daniel, go ahead. I'm just saying, like, and them- thematically, I think it's, it's when we're thinking about the nostalgia factor, right, and the, what, what the setting really came from, like, it was supposed to be an escape, right, for the people who go to this AOL chat room to be in a fantasy realm. And for this guy, I mean, it's, it's kind of an escape from his horrible peasant existence, right? But it's also a living nightmare because he's so weak and he's a regular ass person. Right. But at least here, but now he's achieved the power to be in charge, right? Actually, that that's kind of an interesting reflection on most fiction in general, right? Like when mm-hmm. we when we think about fantasy and when we think about sci-fi, everyone thinks themselves to be, you know, like an X-Man or a Jedi or uh, you know, someone who has power. But mm-hmm. those stories ultimately are not about you know, like the general populace, they're about specific people who have a highly advanced and rare skill set. And I think that what we can kind of do going back to the twist of an unreliable narrator is this idea of perverting the idea of those settings in general and creating something that is like, hey, you know, like Star Wars was cool for everyone as long as you're a Jedi. Here's what it's like to be a real person, a regular person in that setting. And I think that we can have like an underclass of people who are really just regular people. And for them, this like expansive world is hellish. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they seem to be trying to, like you're saying, like outwit people to gain a foothold like a control over what's going on their situation and it seems like they were brought here not by choice right they landed here randomly so like they're trying to survive and and gain power but but by taking it in ways that they don't have it by naturally you know i mean realistically you know i'm all down for like a a a peasant uprising (laughs) and i think that we can create something like that with regular people compared to you know, what are essentially player characters. We can have an NPC revolution, essentially. 
I mean, instead of making him living in an undercity, why does why not say that it, the best way for him to survive is to be like completely out in the open in a way that nobody will question him, right? So maybe he's like the Disney, the Walt Disney guy behind the recruiting center who had put on a completely false um, identity in order to preserve the truth and to keep himself in power and his people, his regular people that are, are staffing this thing. I really like that idea a lot, actually. And and I think that it, it, he's more of a political figure, if anything. He doesn't have to be an underworld boss. Also, when at last episode, when I was coming up with like millennium uh, names and stuff like that, like we, I eventually settled on the millennium plague, mm-hmm. but I also came up with the millennium king as like a, as a dumb villain name. And I'm kind oh, of yeah. thinking that I want to name him something like that. Cause he like, he, he could pretend to be like, you know, a nineties kid, but really this guy is from the seventies, you know, <laughs> it's the seventies of, of peasant land. You know? <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I think that wraps up the, uh, the, the twist pretty well. I think that we can kind of go with something like that where you have someone who is not necessarily all in on the nineties nostalgia thing Mm -hmm. and is really living in a hell that he's created for himself. But like now he can't relinquish power because what happens otherwise, you know? I mean, is he trying to escape or is he trying to marshal power to save, to go back home and change things? Like what is he trying to achieve? I like the idea that he's trying to escape because it also means releasing the millennium plague back out into the world and he just doesn't care. Uh-huh. Hmm. But and, and to go home though would be to be a peasant again. So is just did he actually like his kind of rural simple existence in the past? See, I said escape, not return home. I, oh, I wanted okay. to make that I distinction. See. Yeah. He wants to get out of it. Exactly. Because but, I think now he's gotten a taste of like the good futuristic life, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Originally, what I was also picturing him as is like a Immortan Joe figure. Oh, yeah. Of where he can be out in the public and everything. But I did want him to ha- put on a lot of grandiose airs. Like, no one knows he's as vulnerable as he is. Yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. like a politician to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, or like, what's his name? And what was the the Marvel, one of the Thor movies, I think? Or I don't remember which one. Grandmaster. Like, yeah, yeah, that guy. Oh, he was actually pretty powerful, though, wasn't he? Yeah, but imagine him, but, like, Emperor has no clue. Like, you know, it's, he's he's completely a, a, a falsehood underneath. But was he powerful, or did he just have powerful people around him? I think in the comics he was powerful, because he had, like, the power primordial or something. You know, I feel like this is probably not a productive conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but as a parallel, like, someone who, like, is putting on a show to hide the fact he doesn't actually have the powers that he claims he does. Yes, although... He, we should have the orgy barge that he had in the middle because I feel like that's. I want to. I want to make sure that that's canon in this setting because that's important to me as a person. I so. think you want to add an S to that. Barges or Barges. Orgy barge. <laughs> you know, either one really works. <laughs> oh, a barge. Okay, we're getting super off topic here. Thanks, Taika Watiti. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to our conflicts and factions for this setting. Chris, you already gave us one of your factions. Daniel, why don't you go ahead and give us another one? Um, I was thinking about some kind of so like Disney makes me think of like a secret police of some kind. So um, this is like a group of people. And I don't know who they're aligned with, whether they're aligned with the peasant guy or someone else, but. Um, their, their task is to keep an eye on the people that come into the city and those that go out or the, into this realm. 
um, and they're equipped with some kind of really powerful technology. Um, I don't know whether that's technology they've acquired through time because of stuff coming in and out, or it's something unique to this place. Um, but the catch is that they can never leave um, this realm. Um, and they may want to go home, but they just they can't for whatever reason. Um, and they answer to someone who's very uh, secret, that even they don't know who he is, or she, or they. I think that you and I have basically created the same faction because I, I also came up with admin teams. And, yeah, like, um, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like essentially they're just admin teams. And uh, I also had this idea of like scavengers, essentially, where mm -hmm. they basically go from, you know, zone to zone, picking up bits and pieces of technology and like mutagens and super yeah. science, essentially. And maybe even like, you know, martial arts scrolls that gives them fire or fireballs and shit like that. But, but essentially like people who are merchants or like a, a merchant type class who go around and being like, Hey, if you want to go to, you know, Ninja scroll town, I've got all of the potions and I've got all of the techniques that you're going to need to survive and be a big player. And they essentially trade, you know, like skill kits essentially with one another, or they'll take them and then come back to, the nexus and maybe they sell them to want to be players. You know, they sell them to an underclass who are here and they're trapped and they're like, well, we don't, we, we don't have any special skills, but these people here are offering me a fireball. Okay. What can I do with that? Okay. I can go to this land and be somebody. Okay. And then in a sense, you're, you're kind of offering um, a bit of nostalgia, like a fragment of nostalgia as a means to um as as a means to power you know and as like all of this is entirely off the top of my head but now i'm getting into the idea of there's there's got it i want to call them gatekeepers because if anything <laughs> if you want to talk about the dark side of nostalgia gatekeeping is where it's at and for fuck's sake that we can build into the twist as well there we go. I definitely like if they would be like, I like the merch or the collection aspect. Like they're collecting pieces to make themselves more powerful too. Um, and maybe bartering, but I definitely want them to be authoritarian in some way too. So like if gatekeeping is what they're doing, I like that concept because I want them to be like, definitely they're not necessarily good, you know, or good police. Oh, well, no, I actually, I started by like, talking about your admins and then realized that I had this other idea that I was just spitballing as I went. Because <laughs> you're making like merchants. Um, <laughs> right. Right. And, and I'm like, wait a minute. I have this idea and I wanted to kind of workshop it with you guys live mm -hmm. on Twitch TV, except it's whatever. It's not important. I like um, the idea of merchants though who are collecting technology and, and, and selling it and waypointing people. Yeah. Like the idea that they're gatekeepers as well, because again, it's like, Hey, do you want to be cool in this you know, thing? Well, this is what you need. And it's like, what else is this like bad nostalgia? If not gatekeeping, it's like, well, you have to have at least a lightsaber. You have to have at least this much knowledge of this zone in order to get into it. You I can know? give you a starter kit for a good price. Yeah, ex exactly. And then there is all sorts of nefarious shit that goes along with it because what you're also doing is with this underclass that is in the Nexus area, you're essentially trying to uh, exploit their dreams or their, or at least profit off of them as well. And that's not 
That's not something that people who are into nostalgia do at all, is it, <laughs> Disney? <laughs> Pay to win. I, oh, yeah. That's a good <laughs> point as well, actually. But, okay, so Daniel, let's go back to your admins real quick because I, I just had that aside and I apologize, but not really because it was kind of cool. <laughs> but I do want to go back and talk about your ideas for a little bit more. What What about the admins, like, let, let's let's flesh them out a little bit. Let's give them a little bit more teeth. Um, I, I mean, I get the sense of like, me, like a little bit Men in Black and a little bit um, like the really cheesy movie. Um, what's the one? I think it's called The One, actually. This Do you is... know how many times we've brought up Jet Li's The One on this yeah. podcast? I feel and then like time it... cops a little bit. Yeah. What is the, like, how often we've brought that up? I don't know. I haven't even seen Jet Li it's the such one a bad in its entirety. Oh. It's a bad movie. Oh, it's it's a horrible movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean like, I, know. I just like the, the over the superpowered cops, right? But I want them to be superpowered, but I also want them to be like have another dimension to them that they don't really want to be doing this work and they really wish they could go home, but for some reason they can't go home. So it's a, they're trapped in this nostalgia realm, you know. And policing it. Hmm. Okay. I'm, 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 I hear you. I'm trying to figure out how we can create this banality from this. What is, you know, a really cool setting overall. I, I, I want to think of a way of shoehorning, uh, well, not shoehorning, but borrowing from uh, Three Parts Dead, I think is the name of the book. Mm-hmm. Where the justices kind of go into a suit and give up their uh, personality to become the justice. I could see that. Where it's like you become a faceless member of the admin, yeah. essentially. Interesting. It's the I only way you get your admin. Fascinating. Uh, admin oh, powers. Wait, that's it. Like you have to, to get your admin powers, like you have to permanently, have to like forsake returning ever or leaving ever. Or, or it's like, uh, well, in, in Three Parts Dead, which is fantastic, by the way, would recommend it. Uh, essentially, you can go out and live your regular ass life, but then whenever justice is called, you are instantly transformed into the avatar of justice as a policing force. And so imagine like if Mr. Smith weren't evil, but like, and all of a sudden you're like walking around and there's an emergency and you need an admin that person next to you suddenly transforms into an admin and you're like, wait, you were an admin the entire time. So it's like you lose your autonomy in a sense. Yeah. That's, that would make sense. Yeah. Mm. Chris, great, great idea with the, with the justice thing. Good idea. I think fits very well. Yay. What are the admins fighting? Like who can challenge these godlike beings? Well, that's a good question. That's actually very good. Well, I mean, I, I think that if we're going to bring it back to AOL, you know, chat rooms and stuff like that, I imagine that it is cheaters and it is like <laughs> hackers for sure. You mean exploiters? Um, yeah, exploiters, stuff like that. Uh, also, if we get, we want to bring in the the gatekeepers that I had, the merchants and stuff like that, that might be a criminal element as opposed to like something that's pretty legal, you know, like hey, I can make you really powerful in this realm, but they're essentially selling hacks and stuff like that. Well, and also we establish, always, I establish that the um, the multiverse is breaking down. Yeah. They, they might be the ones aware of that. The admin is aware of that? 
Yeah, because I think it's a secret overall, but they probably would know about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the maybe the enemy isn't so much. Maybe the enemy is partially like the traffic that comes in. You've got like people who are trying to cheat and take over the place, right? Because it's all kinds of warring factions. But also like maybe it's not man against you know man, but man against setting, you know, or the or the the man against nature. So it's interesting that you bring that up because I was looking at types of conflict as well. And uh, I wanted to do um, something very similar, actually, where it's like they're fighting against the setting itself. Because one thing that I keep that I kept seeing when I was doing my Raiden research was like Raiden is dead. Like it is it like that. It's it, like that phrase is essentially a meme. And part of me wants to think that we could probably create a conflict between like this Raiden that we're experiencing is actually built on the corpse of the old Raiden beneath it. So on like a subtextual level, like this Raiden that you experiencing that we're talking about is actually the nostalgic memory, the nostalgic tulpa of the nineties that we remember from the past. And the admin are trying desperately for people not to realize that mm. because the real Raiden is actually dead and beneath it. Ooh, that's like that. maybe, maybe that's where like the plot hole comes in where it's like these strange kind of, um, you know, like disasters happen and the admin blames it on the plot hole, you know, like TMCR. So but it's, it's actually, like the dark underside is merging, like the dead, the dead nostalgia is, is rising up and rotting the place. Yes, exactly right. Ooh. And it's like, they're trying, the admin are trying desperately to like stop it and prevent mm-hmm. it, but it, they can't because the plot hole in and of itself is the paradox that you know, like the tulpa of the nineties nostalgia exists, but the nineties are dead. Mm-hmm. And so like they have to reconcile the fact that they are alive and they are alive and dead at the same time. That's okay. I love that. And maybe, Oh, maybe the reason why they can't leave is because it, their psychic presence is part of what's keeping it at bay. And if they leave, like the whole thing is going to fall apart. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe they're like psychic. They have some kind of psychic powers as a result of being, you know, like they're they're trying to trying to tie in your Tulpa thing. Like maybe their powers somewhat come from, like there's a there's a literal power that comes with this nostalgia that is tied to that rotting space. You I know, mean, yeah. It, it could also be the fact that uh, since we're having them, that they don't know in a way that the '90s have moved on. It could be the fact that all attempts that they're trying to go back to they're always trying to go back to essentially a time that no longer exists and that that's why it's impossible they're unable to even conceptualize going to what is now the present right and you were worried that this story would be shit daniel see now i mean i think we did it i was worried that we were gonna have like uh pokemon and cloud strife and like i don't know I, he mentioned him because i hate him so much and like uh like uh the, the, the you, that you teddy cloud bear strife? from the miyasaki <laughs> miyasaki movies all in the uh, same place totoro is who you're totoro. thinking of. I love him. Yeah. he's so cute i love Did all those he- things other than cloud strife but not all in the same suit Mm. Right, right. And, and and see, now that we have this weird kind of psychic tulpa where the dark nostalgia is literally rotting itself from inside, now we can kind of get into the story, right? Like, can we can we finally exactly. 
sit here and say like that's actually kind of a cool idea yeah Thank i can picture like this rotting nostalgia oozing its way up and taking shapes and forms yeah. that are frightening yes exactly Ooh, speaking of with uh for uh, i'm not sure did you have more to go i had a conflict that i was going to segue into no you had it you that you sounded excited i want you to do that again go ahead so what i had as far as the uh oozing and nostalgia coming out of there, I picture the plot hole acting a lot like a hellmouth in the sense that things yeah. are coming out of it that are corrupted, uh, that are not what we saw as not as what we see think of the nineties being or any of those things, but actually the horrible parts of it. As we were no, talking how we wanted cool. to bring that up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the rotting corpse of Raiden. That is like bad nostalgia for sure. Yeah. It makes me think of, um, you know, like even though I, I wasn't, I'm not super into, um, uh, what's it called? The, the new eighties TV show that everybody loves stranger things, stranger things. Yeah. Um, they did have that conceptually, even though they didn't really get into it that, you know, you've got the psychic being that comes from their memory of D and D like literally emerging into the world. Like that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I, I would argue that the first season is really great because it doesn't rely as heavily on nostalgia as the seasons yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Um, also admittedly this, the soundtrack for every season is still really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, even I, I'm just want to toss that out there. That's neither here nor there. It's true. Um, I like it. But anyway, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, damn. That I, I I feel like we've really. I, I'm I'm glad that we've really like fleshed this setting out because the more I get into it, the more interesting I find it. Actually, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, factions. We did factions. We're onto conflicts. Daniel, you did your conflict. Chris, uh, why don't you go ahead and hit us with your conflict? I wanted to do the opposite of the admins. I don't really have a name for them, but when I was thinking of uh, something that would go against the admins or hackers, uh, I thought of uh, Shodan from System Shock 2, or System Shock, rather. And I just really want some sort of entity that is was originally created as, like, a automated bot to curate things that just got out of control. And so it has all the powers of an admin because it was meant to kind of take their place, but it's gone rogue. Okay. I, I think I have an idea for it actually, if, yeah. if you want. So I imagine that because it was like a role-playing server, was this a dice bot? Oh, was this like, was this the automated like, hey, Dicebot, roll D20 and resolve this for me. But like, it's just gone super fucking crazy. Don't tell me what to fucking do. I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that, I mean, that's a little pre uh, AOL chats and stuff like that. But I think that we can probably do something at least in this, in a similar vein. Uh, I feel like there had to have been bots because I remember always getting yelled at for cursing by something automated. <laughs> that, that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> uh, well, actually, so yeah, why don't we do that? Why don't we just work in like the automatic framework, you know, like this is the law, this is the dice bot, and that is what has gone rogue and fights the admins, essentially. Maybe it's been corrupted by the dead corpse of Raiden. I don't know. Maybe it comes from there because I would imagine 
probably if you're saying it used to be a good thing you know it used to be a good system perhaps it comes from the dead right oh, yeah uh, i like that yeah actually we can see that because you know it is like a leftover from that but it's st- like it's i imagine that early in new raiden it was like hey we're going to use the same system that was you know that the previous raiden used and when they tried to use it, the system at, or like the, the dice bot still remembered what happened and still remembers everything. And is like kind of traumatized by the previous events, like of destroying the millennium plague. Mm. Yes. So now we've got like a giant evil. Okay. So how does it manifest? Hmm. That's, that's going to be the tough question. I would say, if whatever we do, avoid like your typical AI conquest stuff because it's very played out. Um, I agree. I don't want to have like, you know, meat bags and you know all that right. normal shit. Can we just make her like a really okay? So in uh, in sigil, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who is the main like? She's the most powerful. The Lady of Pain is that her name? Yeah. Can we just have her be the Lady of Pain? I like I like like giving it a persona. Like, have you seen yeah. um, Legion, the TV show? What is it? Legion. Oh, uh, Legion the X-Men. Legion. Oh, yeah, no, it's like. Sorry, I couldn't hear you for some reason. Sorry. Uh, it's like a, it's like a. I don't know if it's. I think it's X Men, right? Because it's supposed to be Xavier's. The... It is. Yeah, it's X Men. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, Audrey Plaza plays this like evil psychic entity in it that I think is really cool. Maybe it could be something like that, which is kind of like what the Lady of Pain is, but she's more of an arbiter. So, yeah, I, I that's kind of what I was interested in, is like giving it yeah. a real personality. Yeah. And, I mean, like Chris was saying before, it's like, don't fucking tell me what to do. I, mm-hmm. I kind of like this <laughs> idea that she might be like an agent of chaos now, you know? Maybe she, she um, doesn't, she embodies herself by taking over um, individual police, like um, secret police. Oh, she like, she corrupts admins in a way? Yeah. Okay. That's how she got out in the world. I also want to say that maybe a s- severe control of probability. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good idea as well. That's a good idea as well. Oh, Twice. and of course... Because we have plot holes, we now, of course, have to have plot armor, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So, so yeah, we can we can do that as well, and, and she can have plot armor, which means that she can't die, and if essentially she can't really be defeated. It, well, no, she can be defeated. She just can't die or get injured. How about that? Well, they they probably like sealed her core in in Dead Raiden once they were unearthing it but then she's she's found her way into them by you know going into one of the, the yeah. officers right she's the power source mm-hmm. of the admin power she's the power source yeah and that's why because so, so like that's why they can't completely disconnect old, old Raiden because it's power the power of the present one comes from there yeah there we go <laughs> fucking nailed it guys Woo! all right um Fuck, man. We we crushed our we crushed our conflicts. We I haven't done created... my conflict yet. Oh, you didn't do your conflict yet? I thought no. you, I thought we started with yours. No, I did my police officers. I that thought was his did... faction, his faction, and then I made a conflict off of his yep. faction. Not oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, all right. So Daniel, go ahead and hit us with your conflict then. I don't. So I don't know how this will work. Um, so. 
the thought the idea was that like whenever this oh, one secret of Raiden is that whenever it takes something into itself, like so whenever someone arrives in the multiverse, I wanted a sort of equivalent exchange. So like an, an inverse of what's put into it, it's put back out into the world. Um, but I don't know if that's as attractive now because we have some interesting stuff happening in the universe or in the the, the realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it would probably have to be tied to Dead Raiden. So I wonder, like, then is Dead Raiden putting something back out into the world that's problematic? Interesting. Or maybe, maybe like, when someone arrives to, to Raiden, something gets freed from Dead Raiden. And that's why the oh. police have to keep track of who's coming in, because they have to figure, fuck, now it's, this person's come in from, like, a high-tech future. That means some low-tech wizards gonna emerge from dead riding or something yeah okay i can i can fuck with that idea i can yeah. do that for sure so i like if we're doing equivalent exchange then yeah i think that's the way to go with it for sure <laughs> is to whenever something new comes in something from the dead rises yeah i like that yeah okay that's that's really good and it's idea. like an, it's like a corrupted nostalgia that rises like that's based on what arrived you know yeah, and it's and what it is, it's like a uh, it's like an antibody response, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like you know new, something new comes in. Nostalgia doesn't want that to exist, right? Because it with when something new, it takes it dilutes the power of the nostalgia from the old thing. Exactly. So that yeah, of course, that's the response to it. That's a really clever idea, Daniel. That's great. Well, I think I think you made that one work. <laughs> I didn't know where, didn't know where that one was going. Well, get out of here! No, that was a really <laughs> cool idea. That and um, stealing it, of course, from Full Metal Alchemist. That's what we did. <laughs> uh, wait, is Full Metal Alchemist 1999? No, Ooh, is it? Like, it's early 2000. So I, I'm sorry, Daniel. Oh, we're yeah, gonna have to come out. up with a new conflict then. We'll just delete it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna start over. Sorry. Nice 1990s ideas only, sir. Yep. <laughs> wait, what, what about, about the wait, what about the comics though <laughs> oh well yeah when did the manga come out hold on 2001 motherfucker damn it damn but if we're going by the idea when did he first <laughs> <laughs> 2000 <laughs> yeah one year earlier yeah bitch january 1st he's like i've got this idea for an equivalent exchange aha uh man okay so that's fine that we we no that's that's a cool idea so we got zombie nostalgia fuck man i think i think we're good okay i think we're ready to roll on how about you roll time you think we're ready you think we're good to create uh, a little gem a little gem session here a little jam yeah yep i don't know about y'all but i feel like we've fleshed out this world long enough that we can really create a gem session with it you ready First time, we're going to be doing the genre of the plot hook. It's going to be superhero. So now we've got a superhero genre. We've got the plot hook, which we're going to be rolling for the archetype, which is going to be tragedy. Okay, got it. And uh, we're going to have the subject of this superhero tragedy, which is going to be a cataclysm. Okay. I feel like these these settings really just give themselves up, though. Like, things you roll make perfect sense. Yeah, so we have a superhero cataclysm centered around a tragedy. 
in this world, what kind of story and plot hook do we have involved there? I mean, superhero, I'm thinking the peasant guy versus whoever is the opposite represents representative of him. You know, like I'm thinking like, what's that, that, that real life, um, not real life, but that movie, is it glass or broken? Unbreakable. Unbreakable. There we go. Where yeah. There's like the two superhero characters who are parallels to each other. Mm-hmm. And okay. So I suppose, I suppose we're in the point where it's like, he is the man who is like incredibly no powered, very frail, like you said. So what's the tragedy here is that maybe actually that the scythe peasant, as we're calling him or millennium King, whatever, maybe, (laughs) maybe he didn't immediately kill Superman. Maybe Mm. him killing Superman came later. Maybe it was like the, the Superman figure essentially saved him, but by doing so, like, he snapped or, or the, the scythe peasant snapped and murdered him or had the ability to murder him in some way. So maybe the tragedy, maybe the tragic story that we're talking about here is actually the birth and death of scythe peasant. Could, could the Superman figure have been one of the millennial police, right? Who maybe like helped him in the beginning and he had to kill him for some reason. Because the police are kind of like superhero-esque unto themselves, right? Mm -hmm. This is... Okay, so Scythe Peasant is the man who found a way around plot armor Mm -hmm. and killed an admin permanently. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I think he had no choice for some reason. Okay. Well, well, why do we want to... Okay, so that's where where you want to bring up the tragedy, right? Yeah, I think like he regrets it, but he had to do it. And so now that actually brings a lot more depth to that character because he has this reputation and like he has to play it up, but he also just is not that person necessarily. So what's this cataclysm here that we're talking? What gets around plot armor and kills an admin? So the question of what gets around plot armor is equivalent to asking, how do you kill the character that can't die in the story? Yes. Well, technically the character who can't die in the story in this setting are admins, right? Mm-hmm. And the lady of pain right? Uh, or the dice bot, I suppose is however you want to do it. Why don't we tell you what, why don't we leave that as like kind of a question mark? I think that that, I think that whatever we think up is probably not as enticing or interesting as the, as the myth. Sur- sur- yeah. As the mystery or the myth surrounding the event. Mm-hmm. And they can choose a cataclysm too. Like we've already given several. We've given the possibility of like uh, opening up the millennial virus, like stop, like removing it and letting things happen. The rotting right in that that's slowly destroying their power source. There's a number of things to choose from. Yeah, exactly. So we can let's let's leave that up into the to the mists of time and just go with this idea that that's the tragic superhero plot. So so let's let's do this then. What's the plot hook part? What's the hook part of it? Is it, are you like people trying to uncover this origin? Is that what it is? Are you reporters trying to figure it out? Is that the adventure hook? Hmm. Maybe you're recruits of either side. You could also be uh, like, for some reason, they're operating in a blind spot for the admins. So you're not journalists so much, but investigators. 
Mm -hmm. You could also, I mean, you could be student um, X-Men, like young X-Men in the sense that like you're young students of Disneyverse versus young students of um, the police. Oh, yeah. So you're like in training. You're like admins in training almost. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, we can do that. That's good. That's And that's fun because I feel like that gives you a relatively safe way to explore the setting as well. And you don't, yeah. everyone would have a tragic backstory because to be an admin, you have to forsake where you came from. Maybe that's part of like a weird ritual where like once you learn the truth, they essentially strip away your individuality and that's what happens. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Fuck it. We're, we're good. We're moving on to the next plot hook. All right. The genre in this one is going to be... So we've got a modern day genre and the subject is going to be a place with the archetype of rebirth. So we've got, actually, wait a minute. That's literally just the entire story of this setting, isn't it? It's a place of rebirth. That's what's happening right now with this nostalgic thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. This place of rebirth. Um, I guess I guess the outcome of what they do with a rotting nostalgia pool could be a rebirth. Maybe maybe that's our conclusion. Maybe the rebirth that we're talking about here is the inevitable redemption of '90s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Or how do you reconcile your love for the past, but also move forward is really what's happening. Yeah. And that's a deep, like existential search for that type of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot though. Let's, let's work with that. There are like go- going off the concept that there are no new ideas. There's just a rehashing of old ideas. What if the eventual collapse is the only thing that will actually save them in the end because they'll just be reimagined or rebirthed into a different thing just because uh superman would no longer be a thing doesn't mean uh the concept of a hero would be gone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you're I mean, saying like they may have to give let the, the dead rise in order to overcome it yeah I'm, I'm saying if you were to like bore a hole deep enough you'd f- probably find gilgamesh it doesn't mean that like mm-hmm. The more we fight against it, the stronger it becomes. You know, yeah. like yeah, well, it's like how, um, like in in X Men, isn't that how Xavier beats um that super powerful Omega being? I forget what it's called. It's onslaught. like the most onslaught. Doesn't he incorporate it into himself? I thought yeah, that's correct. He essentially of... sacrifices himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, onslaught. Well, actually, it's not even it Xavier Magneto. who does that. It was Mag. Uh, no, it's it's Magneto and Xavier together. Isn't together, it? right? Oh, so maybe yeah. the two our two antipodes have to do that. Like some police character um, slash superhero and the the scythe peasant slash millennial king have to merge. Okay, and you have to like negotiate that, or you have to discover that. I don't know. I think that the dice bot is probably the, so our lady of pain oh, right. yeah. dice bot is probably the witness to that. Mm-hmm. Or she's the thing that you have, that you're overcoming by them merging, you know? Oh, uh, since we were also playing with the unreliable narrator, uh, the lady of pain dice bot, she seems to be doing all of these destruction 
destruction and everything through probability, but in she is trying to save it by destroying it. Hey, uh, look at that. We're coming full circle. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, sometimes those world building gems are quick. That's going to be a quick one. I feel like we're good. Yeah. Uh, do I we have any quotes? This- oh, Go ahead. I, was saying, I think this one's like, it's got, it's abstract in a good way. Like it lets you kind of take it how you want. Right. So like we didn't get too specific with things, but I think like the point is it's led by thematics more than concept. More than yeah, you, exactly. This is the type of world where you can revel, truly revel in whatever part you really want to focus on. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, that's the brilliance of these types of massive worlds. And I imagine what made them so attractive in the first place to people like Seth, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause it's like, I want to say it's not high concept, but at the same time, like the original write-in is all about concept. It's all about like tropes yes. and, and things, but this one is like the opposite of that. It's like, okay, here's some themes and we're trying to make them come across through some things we're creating, you know? Right. And, and essentially like it's, it's more of a deconstruction if anything. Yeah. At this yeah. Point, right? exactly. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to do it for this episode. Uh, Seth, thank you so much again for suggesting such a really interesting uh, world building session. And remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. You can tweet us at Let's World Build. You can join our Discord and chat with us in real time. Or you can be incredibly generous and give us money on Patreon. All of that stuff's going to be in the description. Remember, though, that this is what it's all about. This is so fucking cool that we could do this and have such great ideas and create nostalgia bombs. Also, God damn it, we need to add nostalgia bombs in there somehow, but we'll do that <laughs> next time. We'll do that next time. But until next time, remember that we love you very much and we're going to get through this together.